Welcome to Naturopathy Today. Your hosts are Dr. Michael Schwartz and Steve Langford. Join them as they guide you on a journey to good health through holistic naturopathy. Now here are Michael and Steve. Hi, and welcome back to another informative, stimulating Naturopathy Today with my fabulous host, Steve Langford. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Michael. It's always a good day when you and I have a chance to chat, because for me, it's always interesting. And I know that we're hearing from people that they're finding it interesting. So, you know, I'm happy that we're able to provide that service and work with each other because I'm learning from you. When we have these conversations, I hear things that I didn't know. And so I feel like I'm benefiting just from being a part of this. So thank you for having me today. And I am too, because you stimulate my mind to go in different directions, maybe dig a little deeper. Because on some levels, and, and I think last week when we talked about sweeteners, I said, well, for me, it's honey, period. And it's in keeping with what my wife says to me from time to time. And that is that I am myopic. I see things one way, and this is the way it is. You know, there's the expression, all roads lead to Rome, which means that whichever way you're coming at it works. Yeah, no, you know, I'm of the mindset going to Rome is, is, is one thing, but if you want to get to city hall in Rome, or you want to get to the, to the, the nitty gritty, the down where, where it really is happening, there's only one road that leads there. And of course, for me, that journey is the inward journey, which you have to question yourself about why this, why that. And we brought that up a little uh, last week, or maybe even the week before about the emotional associations with things. Anyway, we're still doing tidbits. So I found another thing where I wrote down, this was out of the computer, but I, I, I keep notes everywhere. I have all kinds of written stuff and I always write things down first. I have a to-do list that I make up every day or either I add to it or obviously I get stuff crossed, I can cross off, but I'm a big note taker. And so here's some other things that I found that are hundred calories or less. Obviously popcorn, you can eat up to six cups, either slow or double churned milk reduces fat and still leaves it creamy. Or maybe that's uh, slower double churned ice cream. All I have is that. <laughs> I don't remember what it is. Milk ice cream, hey, we'll take it. <laughs> yes, mini quesadillas. And I, here in Texas, I love quesadillas and enchiladas. And so I don't know how about you guys up there, but there. Anyway, cottage cheese and cantaloupe is another good snack. 14 almonds, uh, less than 100 calories. Because you did bring up bringing up nuts and seeds and eating them. And here it's saying, yes, you can, but keep it to a minimum and you won't be in bad shape. Oh, this is something that I wrote down for me because I am a pretzel junkie. I have, to, I have an addiction to pretzels that I contain. So once in a blue moon, I'll buy a bag of stick pretzels. And it says here, only six of the gr whole grain stick pretzels can you eat <laughs> that's under 100 calories. <laughs> you know, I originally come from Philadelphia. I don't, have you ever been there? I have not. Well, Philadelphia is known for its soft pretzels. As a kid, I had a business selling Italian water ice and fresh pretzels. 
I think I ate up my profits in pretzels. <laughs> and whenever I go back to Philly, I have a cousin that, you know, he takes me to the Philadelphia Pretzel Baking Company and I'll buy a half a dozen and they'll be gone by the end of the day. Anyway, it's an <laughs> indulgence. It's also an addiction. Well, it's, it's a good point, Michael, because, you know, we're telling people that there are these better choices, but we've also pointed out to them that an occasional indulgence in your comfort food, shall we say, mm -hmm. is not going to be the thing that destroys your health plan. It's if you're eating those six pretzels every day and then an apple on the weekend and thinking, well, that's the difference. So the idea that you can make these choices, it is our own individual journey. And we are always making choices, whether we realize it or not. If we just oh, accept the status quo, that's a choice. So, but your example is very good example that even those of us who spend all this time learning how to do this, we allow ourselves the occasional ind indulgence. And I think not to feel guilty about it is as much the point as the enjoyment of whatever that is. And so working it out in your head, how it is that you come to this decision and allow this. My wife and I follow what we loosely term the 80-20 rule. If we're doing everything that we want to do for health, 80% of the time, that 20%, we won't feel bad about indulging. I don't think it's actually 20%, but you get the idea, the proportions. So I'm I'm right there with you. I've not been to Philadelphia. I've not had their soft pretzels, but I bet you I would enjoy it. <laughs> well, you know, based on what you said, Steve, I will refrain from eating those six pretzels every day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you got a long way to go to get them if you do. <laughs> Absolutely. Baked apple and cinnamon is also a good uh, 100 calories or less. A Half a cup of edamame, love edamame, if you can find it organic, that's really great. Eight baby carrots, apple slices with peanut butter. We love peanut butter on a rice cake. When we do the intermittent diets, two rice cakes with peanut butter could be lunch, and that's part of our 500 calorie for a day. A half of a baked potato, no butter, but you could use salsa, and that's good. 20 pistachios, and I love pistachios. Oh my God. I buy the bags of unshelled. Yes. And, and I, but I don't count. I assume that in a handful, there's maybe 25. So I'm not too bad. <laughs> Half a frozen banana is also less than 100. A cup of tomato soup and a cup of grapes. All of those are under 100 calories. So those are my food tidbits that could help us stay svelte, keep the weight down. And um, so we had that. I did come across when I was digging through my stuff, I came across something that we had said, not last week, but I think the week before, maybe even the week before that, where we talked about probabilities. And then I went into a little bit of a rant, <clears throat> I mean, a uh, conversation about <laughs> probabilities, possibilities, and potentialities. Today, there are another four Ps I work with, which are plan, prepare, project, provide. So here's how that works. And this is, you know, on some levels, 
we go outside the realm of naturopathy. But on other levels, because our bent is holistic health, so everything is part of the whole. It's just the way life is. So here's the deal with plan, prepare, project, provide. Whatever it is you want to do, you need to plan it out. You know, you need to have a diagram, you need to have a checklist, you need to understand what your your goal is, obviously, and all the steps it takes to get there. So now you have your plan of action. The second step is to prepare to accomplish your goal. So maybe you need a license, maybe you need education, maybe you need specific tools, you probably will need money, you may need a place to work. So whatever it is you need to get your plan in, not only in action, but in fulfillment, in completion, you need to be prepared with all of the elements that you need to get there. It's like if you're working on a disease, you really need to plan out your diet. You need to plan out your meals. You need to plan out the type of exercise that's appropriate for what you're going to do. You need to plan out your snacks and you do need to create a discipline. You know, it's really interesting that is for discipline is the same root as being a disciple. And so I say to people, become a disciple unto yourself, create a discipline that you can live by and work with. So now you got your plan of action. Now you prepare, you get the supplements, the right foods, the organic, this, that, and the other, the projection is really the hard part, because now you've got to think, what are all the things that are going to block me, stop me from exercising my plan? Now, obviously, there are external forces. Maybe you have an outside project. It could be the weather. All right, so I need to plan to do this when it's going to be good sunny days and I can get out there and work. It might be a facility. Okay, where I am thinking right now, that's not good. I, I need to get to a bigger facility because I can see this unfolding in such and such a way. But the real projections need to be what within me will stop me from moving forward. And this is where concepts of self, patterns of behavior, attitudes, habits, all of these things can end up derailing you and creating blocks that do not allow you to move forward. Once all of that is understood, and, and it may be too hard to get all of that understood, because it may be a baby step thing, an incremental thing of one identifying a pattern and beginning to get control over it, because your mind will work with you. Goes back to symptoms of a condition. As soon as you have a thought, you hear something, you think something, you see something, that may just well be your mind saying to you, hey, pay attention. There's something going on here and you need to pay attention. So that's all the projecting. So now the providing, the last thing, is now that you know what's going to block you, now you provide the insights, the understandings, the attitude, whatever it is you need renting a bigger building, you know, getting a juicer, getting a water distiller, whatever it is, a pill crusher because you can't swallow tablets, whatever it's going to be, that's the what you do to provide. And I will guarantee anyone who puts those four Ps into 
production into their discipline will have success on no matter what they embark upon. That's a really interesting list because I can really relate to what you've described there. And I have found it very successful over my whole career, my adult life, is being able to see what it is that you want to achieve. That's where your planning comes in. So I have always found that that planning and that preparation even if it takes years to finally see fruition, really part of the key to success. Absolutely. And I learned this early on and I've adopted it. And I'll add one more P to your selection there. And that's patience. Oh, yes. I, I've learned that I, I am a patient man and I could be thinking about things for years further down the road, but I haven't forgot about it. I haven't really put it out of my mind, really, it's there. And so patience allows me to, I think, look for the opportunity for the right time and to be prepared when that time comes. It could be 10 years from now, but the process I find is the same. And it's so interesting that you bring that up because it requires people to engage their brain, to start the brain on the path Yep. And then the baby steps or giant steps, whatever it is we end up taking, that will lead us forward. So this idea of understanding the stages of success, these are all part of that. So I, I really appreciate it. And I can tell you, it's been a big part of my success. And with the same belief that this is what leads you to success is planning your journey. If you want to get somewhere, know where you want to go. Absolutely. You know, I was doing a lecture and I shared the four P's and I had gentleman raise his hand. I said, yes, sir. He said, you know, I'm a colonel in the uh, army and we also have something that begins with the P's and I'm going to leave two of the P's out. But he said, poor planning promotes poor performance. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, I thought so too. And I thanked him for sharing that. And so that that always stayed in my mind as well. So there was that. Well, it's a key to success. And I think when one looks deep enough into um, successful organizations, successful people, even in one's own life, one can probably just trace down the importance of these steps. Most success doesn't happen by accident. It happens right. because of these very stages of planning. Absolutely. And, you know, success is really an interesting concept in itself, because depending upon how you think about success, some people may think that they need a million dollars, a big house, fancy, shiny car to be a success. Others think that living humbly, living uh, as a minimalist and doing being nice is a form of success. So each and every one of us have different definitions based on our concepts that we were taught as to what success is. And I think that to really be a healthy individual, you really need to be well-balanced. You know, emotional associations, I always associate the head with spiritual consciousness, spiritual association Whereas the trunk of the body, I consider a material consideration. And here's why. You do all of your thinking in your head. 
that is where you know your directives come in from the god force from within you as well as the god without and that's in the bible somewhere where jesus says the kingdom of god is within you as well as without so we're getting these spiritual directives so that's the spiritual domain our body is symbolic or or the emotional association i make is that it's part of the material plane because that's where we digest all of our food that's where our sustenance comes from and the neck is the balance between the two and that's why when you know i think i made this joke once before when i've had clients come into me and say you know michael i have a, a real bad pain in my neck and my first thing is well well who is it you know <laughs> nine yeah. times out of ten <laughs> yeah you know and then they'll go oh my god <laughs> you know they'll do one of those <laughs> And the other thing I'll often say is, well, you know, what's going on that's uncomfortable? But getting back to success, creating balance and harmony between the spiritual self and the material self is really a key to great health because you're not into sacrifice from a spiritual point of view. I got to give everything away. And, you know, I, I want to be a spiritual person, so I'm going to go to church every, you know, Sunday and Wednesday, and I'm going to obey, uh, you know, observe Shabbos, uh, Friday night, Saturday, whatever the case may be. And so they end up on some levels sacrificing, which is not necessarily a, a spiritual principle, let alone a teaching. And, and so there's that. And I just lost a whole train of thought of where I'm going. Well, I I'll throw in a thought here for you okay. is, you know, this idea, a couple of things you've mentioned um, regarding success and writing things down. One of the things that came to me back when I was in my 20s, you know, I was a, a father of two young children. I had a, a new business, um, a, a new wife. Um, and I sat down one night and wrote a paper on what will I consider to be successful when I reach the end of my journey. And it caused me to sit down and write a two or three page handwritten letter to myself, evaluating what I would consider myself to be successful if I achieved these things by the end of my life. And it surprisingly wasn't about business. It was about relationships and about being a father and a husband and a neighbor and these things. And if I could end up my days with having done these things, I would consider myself a success. So in a way, it was my roadmap of what I thought was important then and has allowed me then to look back and see, have I accomplished these things? And I have to say, pretty much I have. And it's part of that early belief that what you plan for, what you think about, what you desire, that's what you will achieve. And so why not put those best thoughts and plans into place early on, even when you can't see the end from the beginning? I believe, as you have stated, that if people do that and they put 
these thoughts down on paper and they plan on how they're going to achieve it and what they're going to look at in their life. I believe that that offers them the best opportunity for success and certainly gives them guidance along the way. And it doesn't mean you can't adjust all of that as you go along, but that practice, you know, that's what I learned from some of these early uh, people that I listened to is you have to plan and be prepared and trust in the results. And that's what I've found virtually every time. The more I plan, the more I visualize, the more likely I am to achieve that vision. Planning is everything. It really is. It, it gives you a roadmap. It gives you the way to get to City Hall, <laughs> whatever yes. City Hall is. And each of us, you know, it, it is success on some levels because I think inherently we all want to be more not, and some people want more, but it's more important to be more than to want more, unless you want more peace, more happiness. Better. <laughs> I find sometimes people are their own worst enemies because they let life happen to them. You know, they don't plan. And therefore, when things happen, it's just they accept it. And they never think beyond, well, how can I avoid this? Or how can I get more of this? They just let it happen. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes people can make is just accepting whatever life throws at them without feeling that they have any empowerment to make a difference. And it, it's so sad when somebody is in that state because sometimes they're the hardest people to get off of that thinking pattern. And yet it's so essential. And yet so many people live in that space where, well, what can I do? You know, I don't have money. I don't have good looks. I don't have the smarts. It doesn't matter. People let their own thoughts inhibit them. And if they can change that, and this is what we're um, suggesting is you as an individual have the power to change your thinking and to change your outcomes. And that's very powerful when you can get somebody to understand it. It's also kind of sad when people don't get it and they just never appropriate those those blessings. Absolutely. And on that note, because I think we've run out of time. my Again? <laughs> <laughs> but we will pick up on that because what triggered is, and for what people need to think about, is that when people have that experience time and time again, you know, our personal history does repeat. And that particular person is a victim. Magic, as opposed to other four-letter words, actually magic is five, <laughs> happens. And it happens to some people all the time. And the reality is, it's part of their expectations. Mine is that I will see all of you, including you, Steve, next week, and we'll further the conversation about getting healthy on all levels. Until then, you all take care. God bless. Be well. Thank you, Michael. Goodbye, folks. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Naturopathy Today, sponsored by MNP, Michael's Naturopathic Programs at michaelshealth.com. Join us every Monday for the latest episode in this journey to excellent health on all levels.